Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We are glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Why are we here? Why am I here? And this might sound a little bit strange because many of us are familiar faces, and many of us, this is what we do on a regular basis on every Sunday. We come here. But the question is, why are we actually in the presence of the Lord? Why are we here this morning? What are we planning to do? What are we planning to achieve? What is the goal? What is the purpose? What do you hope to receive? What do you hope to engage? What do you have to to be able to benefit from coming in the presence of the Almighty God? You will expect me to know that why you expect at least for me to know why I am here. It doesn't make sense for me to dress up, wake up in the morning, dress up and then come to church and not know why I am here. It doesn't make sense. But the interesting thing is that there are so many who do this on a regular basis. So many people who wake up in the morning, they dress up, put up all the makeup, dress up, do all, all that they need to do, get in the car and drive. And they come to church and have no clue what they are doing in the church. There are so many people who go to work and have no clue what they are doing at work. Many people who go into a particular function and have no clue what they are doing. Many people who get involved in marriage, get involved in a relationship, get involved in work, relate to the Almighty God and still have no idea what they are doing. You might be surprised to know that there are many who go to church every day. They have they don't even believe the God that they are going to meet. I remember there was a particular pastor who was talking about the fact that he said he cannot sing amazing grace because he doesn't believe he's a wretch. He said he doesn't believe that he's a sinner. That how can I mean how can he he said he's too he's too uh he's too depressing, it's too demoralizing for him to sing that particular song. And he's supposed to be the one who is supposed to lead sinners into the kingdom of God. The point I'm making is that many people are engaged in activities that they have no idea what they are doing. They have no idea why they are doing what they are doing. They engage in various activities, but they have no clue why they are doing what they are doing. The interesting thing about the church is that we assume a lot. We assume a lot in the church. The fact that somebody shows up in church, we just assume that that person knows what they are doing here. Sometimes we just assume that because they are in church, they are already born again. We assume sometimes that because they are doing service in the kingdom, they already have a relationship with the Lord. We, we, you know, why you know the, the idea is that many people have we have come to we have come to to create an illusion within the house of God that all you have to do is just show up. You don't have to do any other thing. We assume everybody knows why people you know why they are supposed to be serving the Lord, but in most cases, not everybody knows. You will see that at the rate of divorce, a lot of people get married, but they don't even know why they are married. A lot of people have children; they have no idea why they are having children. A lot of people do, a lot of people have a job, they don't even have a reason, they don't understand the purpose of that particular job. And that is why anything you do not understand the purpose, you end up abusing. And that's why you see people who abuse wives, people who abuse children, people who abuse alcohol, people who abuse medication, because they have no understanding of the use of those particular things, or they don't know why those things are, uh, uh, why they are taking those things. I always ask myself when I am invited to join a particular group or be a particular part of a particular project, I always ask, what is the purpose of this particular thing that I'm doing? Why am I doing what I'm doing? 
Do we have a goal that I'm, do I have a goal that I'm walking towards? Does this goal transcend my personal or my selfish ambition? Is it something that will benefit others? Is it just something to be able to boost my ego? Those are the questions we're supposed to ask ourselves when we come into the house of God. Why are we here? The same thing as we enter each year, we're supposed to ask ourselves, what is my goal for this year? What do I hope to achieve? At the end of this year, by the time we're in March, by the time we're in June, by the time we're in September, what do I want to see happen in my life? What do I want to see happen in my family? What do I want to see happen in the church? What do I want to see happen around me? The people who are associated with me, what do I want to see? What difference do I want to see in my life? What do I want to achieve? What do I want to do differently in the year? If after six months, after three months, after nine months of this year, what difference do I want to see in my career? What difference do I want to see in my relationship with God? These are the things, these are the kind of questions we should be asking ourselves. The unfortunate thing is that most of the time, when you ask people this question, even in the church, when you ask them, what do you, how do you see your relationship with God in six months? How do you see your relationship with God in the, at the end of the year? Many people have no idea. And even the certain is that many people have not even thought about it. It's for, for you to, you know, you, there's a hope when you have thought about it and you don't even have a, a you don't have any specific ideas as to how to move forward. The, the, the problem is that a lot of people have not even thought about this. And if I ask you why you are here right now, why are you in church this morning? What are you know? What are you what are you working towards this year? Does your goal this year transcend your immediate need, or is it designed to shape a better future for you? How many of us have a coherent answer to those questions? Not because you want to answer me, but because you want to provide it for yourself so that you can have a guideline to move forward. How many of us have those questions? Do we have a coherent answer as to what we want this year to be for us? Have we even thought about these questions? And in Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 1 verse 17, this was one of the things that the Lord Jesus Christ dealt with. Jesus said, come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. In this verse of the scripture is an invitation to the people who were later called the apostles. This is an invitation that Jesus Christ gave to his people and said, you, I want you to be a part of my team. I want you to be able to work with me. And when he gave this invitation, he wasn't giving an invitation so that you just come work with him, for socialize with him, do miracles, uh, turn water into wine and do all those things. And at the end of the day, we all sit and say we had a good time. No, that was not the intention of the Lord. The Lord's intention was that he wanted to take them somewhere. He wanted to make something of them. And that is why he said, come ye after me, and I will make you to be, uh, to be fishers of men. Now, before we dig deep into the treasures buried in this verse of the scripture, I want us to go back a little bit and read that verse, you know, the, 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 the scripture reading we had this morning. The Bible tells us in Mark chapter 1, reading from verse number 9, it says, And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth to, of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan, and straightway came out of the water. He saw the heavens open and the Spirit like, and the spirit like a dove, Descending upon him. And in verse 11, the Bible tells us there was there, and there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. And immediately the spirit driveth him into the wilderness. And there he was. 
And he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted of Satan, and was with the, and was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered unto him. Now after that, and now after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, and you believe in the gospel. Now as he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers of men. For they were fishermen. Now, from this verse of the scripture, you will see Jesus had already been baptized in water, and the spirit had descended upon him. Jesus has Jesus had been in the wilderness, he had been tempted by the enemy, he has experienced the ministration of the of, of the spirit. Jesus had been had seen the had seen the persecution and imprisonment of, uh, of John the Baptist. Jesus has preached on his own for a while, and now he is inviting people to himself. Okay. These are the sequence of events that you see in that verse of the scripture. First of all, the, 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 the appearance of Jesus on the scene, the baptism of Jesus, the leading into the wilderness, the, 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 the ministration of God to, to him in the wilderness, and you know, the, the imprisonment of John, and he himself carrying out ministry on his own, and now he wants to move his ministry to a new, next level. He's now inviting people to join him as he spread the word of God to that particular community. That was the question, that was the sequence of events. Now, before the Lord made that particular statement, in other words, you know, before the Lord made, uh, made that particular statement, the Lord understood one thing that the people he was calling, he was calling them to something very specific. He was calling them to something that was going to change their life. He was calling them to do a specific job for them, in a, to do a particular job for him in the kingdom. So Jesus, number one, was not an ignorant person. He wasn't calling to people to what he has not done before. He wasn't calling them to something that he himself had no idea. So he was not ignorant. Number two, Jesus has done his homework by preparing for ministry. In other words, he had come, he had to be baptized. He had gone, he has prayed, and he has received the vision of God. He understood what it means to be tempted by the devil. He understood what it means to receive the ministry of angels. He understood what it means to be able to preach in the street. He himself had done his homework by preparing for ministry. Number three, Jesus knew what he calling what he was calling his people to do because he himself has been preaching he's asking the people i want you to become fishers of men and by virtue of being fishers of men i am calling you to what i have already been doing in other words i'm not calling you to do what i have not done i'm only calling you to replicate the things that i've done and then finally jesus knew exactly what he intended to achieve because he had an objective okay in other words when he called those two guys there was an objective at the back of his mind. His intention is that you guys come to me. As you come to me, there's something I want to do with you. I want to make you fishers of men. In other words, your relationship with me is not just a social relationship. Your relationship with me is not just to observe me doing miracles. Your relationship with me is not just to see me heal the sick and deliver the oppressed. Your relationship with me is for you to learn of me and be able to replicate the things that I have been doing. In other words, I want to make something of you. I want to have a purpose for your life. I have a place that I'm taking you and I want to create, I want to be able to take you to that particular destination that I have in stock for you. That was the intention of the Almighty God. Can this thing, you know, the, the, the question is that can this same thing be said in our life? And you embrace that particular plan, and you embrace that particular purpose of God, and you travel along the same direction with the Almighty God. If you ask Him for help at that point in time, you are sure to get something. But if you don't even know what the plan is, 
You have not embraced it. You have no idea what God has in store for you. You are just doing things because people are doing it. You are saying things because people are saying it. You are engaged in activity because other people are engaged in that activity. If you run into problem and you say, God, help me. Say, look at you. I will see your time. That is basically what we are saying here. You have to know and understand and embrace the plan of purpose for your God, the plan and purpose of God for your life this year if you want God to travel with you. So why do I say that? The reason is because the Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs chapter 19. If you read from verse number 21, the Bible says there are many devices in the heart in the in a man's heart. Nevertheless, only the counsel of the Almighty God shall stand. You know how much the man wakes up in the morning and says, This thing looks good. Let me do it. Or as he's doing it, say, this one looks good, let me do this. In other words, that's why you have people in the church say, God told me this. God told me this, and they go in that direction, they travel for about the two or three weeks, and then they stop and say, God told me to do this one. And before you know what's happening, they have gone in five, ten different, different directions in one month. That is God telling them to do stuff. And the Bible says that in the heart of a man, there are so many devices. There are so many plans. There are so many activities. There are so many things they want to achieve. There are so many things that they are aspiring for. There are so many things that they want to see come to pass. The Bible said the only one that will come to pass is the one that God himself has sanctioned. That's basically what the book of Proverbs is telling us. There are many devices in the heart of a man. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, the intention of the Lord, the purpose of the Lord, the one that God Almighty himself picks up, that is the one that will stand. And if you want anything to stand in your life, it makes sense for us to be able to, first of all, understand what he has in store for us this year, align ourselves towards it, and then partner with him. And that's why I'm talking about purpose before partnership. You have to understand the purpose of God for your life before you ask him for partnership. The same thing when you are getting into marriage. The Bible says, can two work together except they be agreed. If you don't understand your purpose in life and you partner with somebody in life that has no purpose also, the two of you can be the two of you can partner together, but you are not going anywhere. True. You are not going anywhere. There has to be purpose before partnership. You have to understand where you are going before you find the partners that will travel with you. You have to understand what you want to do before you get help to do that thing. You have to understand what you want to do before you go to the bank to borrow money to pay for that thing that you are about to do. There has to be purpose before partnership. And that's basically what the, what, uh, what the Bible is trying to let us understand in that book of Mark chapter 1. In other words, there are many plans, many schemes, many devices, many purposes in our heart. Only that which God has sanctioned will see the light of day. That's only what God has sanctioned requires your partnership with God for you to see the creation of that particular thing. Mark chapter 1, reading from verse number 17, Jesus says something very interesting. He said, come ye after me and I will make you to become fishers of men. When I first read this verse a couple of years ago and it exploded, you will be surprised at the things that are loaded in this verse of the scripture. And we are going to scratch some of it this very morning. Come here after me and I will make you to become fishers of men. The question this morning for us is what was Jesus saying when he said, come here after me and I will make you fishers of men. That is what we want to unload this morning. What, what was Jesus saying? What was Jesus saying? That I believe there are five things that Jesus is saying in this verse of the scripture. But when Jesus, when Jesus made that statement to Simon and Andrew, Jesus was giving them number one thing he was giving, telling them there is that he was giving them a personal invitation. He said, come ye after me. 
That is a personal invitation from the Almighty God. Come ye after me. We have here we are in the church. We have started a new journey. If you want to walk with him and see results in our life, you must accept the personal invitation of the Almighty God. There is, there is no relationship with the Almighty God. How can he come to your aid? If there is anybody in the church this morning that requires something, if you turn around and look at the familiar faces, you can tell and say, Sister D, I need help. Or Sister Terry, I need help. Or my brother Colbert, I need help. Because there is a relationship with you by virtue of association. By virtue of the fact that you are, being, you are in the same church. By virtue of the fact that you have the same, you are being, you are being, you are being, uh, you are being interacting with one another. But if somebody, if you are walking along the street and you just see somebody and the person makes exactly the same request that the person on your right has made this morning, you may be very, very happy in terms of giving that particular request. The reason is because you don't know that person. The point we are making is that Jesus said, come ye after me. Jesus was making a personal invitation, was giving that personal invitation to these two guys. He said, join me so that we can travel together. The same thing, unless we are willing to be able to join with the Lord this year, our journey might not go very, very far. Here we are in the church. The assumption is that we are all Christians. But that, but here is the question. Are we all Christians here? Have we all accepted the invitation of the Lord Jesus Christ in our own life? Have we as individuals heard that invitation at any time? Have we as individuals considered or even responded to that invitation at any time? Do we even know what that invitation is? Some of us who are sitting here, do we even know what that invitation is? Because if you don't know what that invitation is, there is no way for you to accept that invitation. And what is that invitation? The invitation is found in the book of Matthew chapter 11. Reading from verse number 28. The Bible tells us there. It says, come ye after me, all ye that are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That is the invitation. The invitation is given in John, in John 3, 16. The most popular verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him also will not perish, but have eternal life. In other words, if the same invitation is given in the book of John chapter 1, I think in verse 14, it says, as many that has received him, it will then be as given the power to be called the sons of God, the sons and the daughters of God. In other words, that invitation is out there. Yes. The invitation is out there. The invitation is that you should come unto him. If, have you heard and responded to that invitation? The fulfillment of our plans and purposes this year will depend on whether you have responded to the invitation of the Lord. The Lord is not obligated to you when you have not responded to him. That's right. The Bible says that the Lord is angry with sinners every day. He said the prayer of a sinner is an abomination in the ears of the Almighty God. In other words, the only thing the Lord Almighty will hear from you when you are apart from him is the prayer of mercy. Lord, just like that particular man says, Son of David, have mercy upon me. In other words, you have to first of all accept the invitation of the Almighty God. Join his crew if you want him to travel with you this year. Okay? The fulfillment of our plans and purposes this year will depend on whether we have responded to the invitation of the Lord. If those of us sitting here have not accepted that invitation, the best that we can achieve this year will be based on your own abilities. That's all. That's the best that we can achieve. But by the time you accept that invitation and the Lord partners with you and the purposes are aligned, what will happen in your life this year will be explained only by a miracle. Because the Lord will be able to step into your situation and do that which appears impossible. 
to all the other to, to every other person. Okay? So what if the, 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 the key is the invitation? The key is for you to be able to accept his invitation so that he can partner with you. Number two, what was the Lord Jesus Christ talking about? When he told the disciple, when he told Simon and Andrew, come ye after me and I will make you disciples of men. Number two thing he was saying is that he had a predetermined focus. When the Lord Jesus Christ said, come ye after me, he was talking about the fact he had a predetermined focus. In other words, he's saying, when I'm inviting you to come to me, I'm not inviting you to join any other person. I'm not inviting you to join any other cause. I'm not inviting you to look at something else. I'm asking you to join me. I'm asking you to have a predetermined focus. And what is that predetermined focus? Come to me. Look at that verse of the scripture. He said, come ye after me. Not after the church. Not after the pastor. Not after the cause of anything. Not after the situation or circumstances that go on around the society. He said, come ye after me. In other words, let your focus be on me. Because I'm the one who is inviting you. Okay? I'm the one who is asking you to join me. That is to say, when you answer the invitation to go somewhere, your focus should be on the person who has given you that invitation. Is that not so? When somebody gives you a, give you an invitation to go to a party, I am the one celebrating my birthday. You come to the party and then you bring a gift to somebody else who is not celebrating the birthday. I look at you and say, what is wrong with you? And you want to eat my food and drink my drink? Come on. You can't come to my party and be giving a gift to somebody else. You should be giving a gift to me. I am the center of attraction at this point. That is what the Lord is saying. Mm. That if you answer the invitation to go anywhere, your focus should be on the person who invited you. You can accept an invitation. And I've seen this happen several times. A lot of people will accept invitation. A lot of people will go somewhere, but they are engaged. Their focus is not on the person who called them. Their focus is not on the person who gave them the invitation. Their focus is on something else. So you can be actively engaged in the church and still not have Jesus as your focus. You can be actively serving the Lord in the church and still your focus might be somewhere else. It is very, very possible that you might be very engaged in everything. You are here in the morning, here in the afternoon, here at night, which is very, very good. But your focus might be misplaced. It is very possible that we can gather together, but our gathering may not be unto him. There are so many assemblies where they gather and they say they are calling the name of the Lord, but they, they are, their attention is not upon Him. Their gathering is not unto Him. Many of the problems of our churches today is as a result of people not having Jesus Christ as the center of their attention. Because when Jesus is not the center of your attention, that's when you see how crooked my tie is. That's when you see if I'm properly dressed, if I'm color coordinated. That's when you will see all those things. But if your attention is on the Lord, it doesn't mean you should dress shabbily. But it means that that is not going to be your focus. You're not going to be bothered by those kind of things. The point is that many gather, but their focus is not on the Lord. When Jesus invited Andrew and Simon, he said, come ye after me. In other words, the invitation is to follow me, not any other man. The invitation is to follow me, not your own agenda. The invitation is to partner with me, not to focus on the society or what is going on out there. Come ye after me. Any other thing that is going on to, any other thing that is going on in our life, apart from our focus in the Lord Jesus Christ, will not give us the desired results. So as we are traveling this year, as we are doing everything possible to be able to walk with the Lord this year, our focus should be upon Him. Because when you put your focus away from Him, what will happen is that you will begin to deviate. We talked about this last week when we said putting feet to your feet. Peter stepped out of the boat. His focus was upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And he started doing the impossible. Because he started walking upon water. 
But as soon as the focus was broken, as soon as his attention was taken away from the master, the Bible said that that was when he saw the winds that were boisterous and he started sinking. When we take our focus from the Lord this year, I pray we will not sink in Jesus' name. But we need to be able to keep that focus. The invitation for partnership was for us to focus on the purpose and objective of Christ for us. That is the purpose, that is the that is the whole essence of his invitation to you. His invitation for you is to be able to see what God has made available for you. His invitation for you is to be able to see what he has planned for you. His invitation for his, his invitation to you, the purpose of that invitation is for you to know what he has made available for you. And all he's asking is say, please focus on me. That's all. Just focus on me. This year, unless our focus is on is on the purpose of God for our life, we might not see our desired results. We might not see our desired result. If the pursuit of our goals, if the pursuit of our dreams, if the pursuit of our aspirations this year is not through him, is not in him, and is not for him, then our pursuit might be elusive this year. Yeah. Let me repeat that again. If the pursuit of our goals, our dreams, and aspirations this year is not through him, not through the Lord Jesus Christ, is not in the Lord Jesus Christ, and it is not for the Lord Jesus Christ, then our pursuits... There's a strong possibility that it might be elusive. Because the Bible said the very purpose, if you read the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 11, it said the very purpose of man on earth is to do what? Is to glorify him. And everything you do must be able to bring him glory. And as soon as you start bringing him glory, what happens? You begin to see things happening in your life. It's just like a pipe that allows water, that carries water to various homes. As long as that pipe is open, Allowing water to flow, what happens? Water will keep on flowing. And the more you allow, the more water will flow. The more you allow the water to flow, the more it will keep coming. But the day you, your pipe feels very, very important and says yes and loses focus that its purpose is not to retain the water but to allow it to pass through. The day is restrict the water, that is the day the water will stop flowing in its life. The same thing is happening in our life. The purpose of God, you have to pursue your dreams, your aspirations this year through him, in him, and for him. And that is when you will see. That's why Jesus said, come ye after me. Not after the pastor. Not after the church. Not after the agenda. But after me. And you know, in, 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 that's, uh, let's go to number three. Number three now. When Jesus made that statement to Simon and Andrew, he was personally determined to make them fishers of men. Look at what he said. He said, come ye after me. And I will. Not I may. Okay, I will. In other words, there was a personal determination, a personal investment in that process. The Lord is saying, if you take that step, I will make sure you become what I want you to be. In other words, if you are working with me this year, if you make up your mind that you are going to be sold out to me this year, if you make up your mind that I'm going to raise up my hands and say, Lord, I am surrendered to you always. If you do that, Jesus is saying that I'm going to be, I'm going to give a commensurate reaction to that. And I'm going to make a personal determination. I'm going to make a personal commitment to you that I will fulfill what I promised for you. Jesus said, come ye after me. And I will, I will make you after we respond to the invitation and keep, you know, uh, and, and keep 
him as our focus. Jesus has promised to make us into what he intends to make us in the first place. In other words, this new year, as you respond to his invitation and you keep him as your focus, Jesus is promising you that he will make you into what you what he intends for you this year. And the Bible says that I know the thought that I think towards you that the thought of good and not of evil to give you an expected end. In other words, there is an intention. That God has for all of his children. The Bible tells us, say, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it come into the mind of people what the Lord intends for them. Yeah. In other words, no matter how grand your plan might be, no matter how good your plan might be, the Lord is saying that there is something better that I have in stock for you. Yeah. There is something better that I have in stock for you. All you need to do is to be able to take him at his word. He's only saying, come, stay focused on me, and I will make sure that thing that I promise you will be fulfilled in your life. Amen. Why is it that many of us are not getting the result? The result is because you did one step forward, three step backward. One step forward, three step backward. If you keep doing that, doing that, it will, what will happen to you is what is found in the book of James. The Bible says that the double-minded man, he says he's unstable in his way. He says, let not that man think that he's going to receive anything from the Almighty God. In other words, when you are walking with the Lord, walk with him. Yeah. If you don't want to walk with him, don't walk with him. Stop wasting your time because the day you take a step forward and the Lord is putting all his angels there, gathering all his angels and ready to walk on your behalf and then you see yourself going back again and then you start then you start the process all over again and that's why you keep starting over and keep starting over and keep starting over. I don't know whether some of you use PCs but there are times when the PC get tired. You will click a website and the thing will just be turning. <laughs> it just be turning on the same spot. The reason is because you have gone back and forth, back and forth, and you have messed with the head of the computer and the computer said, No, I'm just done with you guys. I'm just going to be circling here. <laughs> you know? That is what happens when you are inconsistent with the Lord. Okay? Jesus is promising you that he will make you into what he intends for you in the first place. All you have to do is to do what? Accept his invitation and stay focused on him. In other words, as we make him as our focus this year, he's promising that he will personally come true for us. He will personally come true for us. The Bible tells in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11, reading from verse number 6, the Bible says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God, that is the invitation, must believe, that is the focus, that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That invitation must be there. You come to him. You believe him. You stay focused on him. Then he will reward you. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening. Thank you.